0: Happy to and welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official Libra of AppleCon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here once again, virtually distance, of course, all by myself, because we have another odd show. This one is a, is a doozy, because not only do we have another J. and Lee segment, not only do we have L. Man Jenny Felby interviewing concrete of Mark Mazz at the Tropicon, Hi, Mark, um, give my thoughts on the passing of two uh, pop culture icons uh, I'm going to talk about the passing of Kevin Conroy who was the voice of Batman uh, from the anime series for the most part the voice of the most part anime series and I'm also going to talk about uh, Jason David Frank um, so before I do any of those two things they both uh, died recently in two different ways we're going to uh, do our non-news
1: it's more time. Drag it down
0: her, now. The non-news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of conflictness nice and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 17th, which is right around the corner, and it is the Big Apple Christmas Con. I um, also want to give out a shout out, oh, and a headliner. Uh, for the Big Apple Christmas Con, is another than Brian O'Hallahan from uh, Clerks 1, 2, and 3. Um, also on a... Oh, and also the show is both non-news-brothering in part by five for the sci Radio.
2: That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.
0: And uh, I want to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Crowe, Watering Director, Jack Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous, Tristan Media, Unjikun, Shadow Art, Yasin Ray, Rosa, and The Hurricane you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.camefromradio.com. Go to the Patreon page. There's a little button right there. It takes you right over to the Patreon page. You just for a dollars a month. You can uh, support our show and you get a shout-out on our show. We would greatly appreciate it. So, um, as I mentioned, there's no news. We're just going to go right into the uh, rest of the show. So with that, we're going to take our break. And we'll be right back with The Came From The Radio.
3: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios
4: at hotmail.com.
2: My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn.
4: Now, back to our show. Hey, this is J. and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're here to talk about Goodwill Hunting.
5: Yes, a movie from the late 90s, starring Ben Affleck and...
4: Matt Damon. One of your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, spoiler alert, there will be spoilers. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, can you tell us who hasn't seen this movie, what it's about?
4: Um... Well, basically, it's about a troubled kid who's amazing with math, and he basically has like all the like all the opportunities anyone could want, and he's just wasting his life.
5: Yeah, kind of the theme of wasted talent, right? Like he was, but the thing is, is like he was abused as a kid, right? Yeah. And he's super smart.
4: Well, he had a troubled.
5: Troubled, right? Life. And he's in foster homes. He's been in and out of juvie or jail and then he's uh you know finally i don't know decides to answer a math question right Mm -hmm. and uh then a
4: professor takes on the job to like help him yeah
5: yeah and groom him right Mm -hmm. um so tell me what you thought about
4: uh i thought it was i thought it was great um i mean honestly just Robert. Robin Williams Williams. Why did I I forgot his name (laughs) Yeah But uh, he was An incredible actor In it And just Some of the lines He had were amazing Some of Just the whole Backstory between him And Matt Damon's character Was great Because they both Had their own Lives And they were trying They basically Helped each other In a way
5: yeah, they helped each other because they were having, um, well, Robin Williams' character was having issues, right? Because his wife passed away.
4: Yeah, which well makes sense. Yeah,
5: so I think it was like a great story. It, it, so the background, like I saw, I think I saw that in the movie theater. I want to say when it came out, mm. which is pretty crazy. Um, but I always, I, you know, on the top ten list of films as I keep on providing movies That's in my top 5. Oh yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Look at that. No, it's it's very good.
5: Yeah, it was it was a great movie and it's that's what kind of catapulted both of those guys, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. So like, you know, all the movies that you see now with those guys, it's because really yeah. you know, that one became such a big deal.
4: Well, it was it was incredible. I mean, the acting with both of them.
5: Yeah, I mean... All they, three,
4: like, the actors just in general, they were great. Yeah, okay. they won
5: an award for uh, Best Screenplay. And uh, Robin Williams won an award for um, Best act- Supporting Actor.
4: As he uh, should. <laughs> As he should, right? What's your uh, favorite part of the film?
5: My favorite part? Um, what is my favorite part? I think I like when he is... Um, Matt Damon no I think my favorite part is when Matt Damon Ben Affleck and his they're all in the car and they're all just yelling at like one of their friends about a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest parts. Because it's constantly. It is about, a great one. You know, it was just kind of like, I want my sandwich. I want my double burger. And they're like, no,
4: it's because you want to see the girl. And they're like, well, I'm not driving all the way to here. It's for you to see this girl.
5: Right, exactly. And then he's like, I bought the burger and he's like, let's put it on layaway. So every. <laughs> give me 10 cents and I'll get you that piece of the burger at the end of the. When you give me my five bucks or whatever it is. <laughs>
4: And then they go and fight some people Oof. Well,
5: yeah, that's the thing was all uh, a lot of fighting A lot of... Um,
4: but yeah, think... but it just shows who, like, you know Matt Damon's character was And, yeah, I think uh, Ben Affleck was great as, like, The best friend Yeah, Because I... he just He yeah. was very, like, he was Supportive of him, and I think one of the best Parts of it was Spoiler alert When, um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He was telling Matt Damon That He shouldn't be doing construction work For the rest of his life Like that was Ben Affleck's job Not Matt Damon's Because he had this ability That any of them would have killed for
5: Yeah so again it's like uh, You know don't waste uh, Your talent right Yeah Kind of like even like a Bronx Tale right That's kind of yeah. the theme you know The worst thing in life or whatever Is mm-hmm. wasted talent Yeah and That's kind of What the theme was. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. No, it was was a great, great movie. Good.
5: I'm glad you recommend it, and it's uh, on your list for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected.
3: now back to our show
0: and welcome back to the came from the radio the official of the big ever this is your host Martin Torres speaking um I'm gonna be talking about the passing of Kevin Conroy uh voice actor uh actor actor of uh Batman fame most famously known for uh, just for a little behind the scenes I am a huge Adam West fan I was a big uh, fan of his um of his version of Batman and uh and um, I was there, in the theaters, when the very first Michael Keaton Batman came. I um, guess I wasn't a fan at the time of a Batman not being by Adam West, but Keaton did a great job. I was sitting in that front row, looking up on the right-hand side of the corner. One of few times I've seen a movie from that close. And I remember when I first saw the animated series, I was at a convention. I think it was the Big Apple convention, as a matter of fact. And they had a preview of uh, the episode. And they had a little tape and they put it on the TV and we were all crowded around watching it. And it was the one where he fought Man-Bat. That was the first time I ever saw the show at a convention. And then it aired a couple of weeks later. And what blew me away was the fact that he was able to change his voice so distinctly from Bruce Wayne to Batman. It was something that just blew my mind. It's a simple little thing. And he managed to do that. It was so crazy to experience that and from that point on it was just amazing how he was able to make the acting part as i always mentioned the acting part of voice acting people always forget the acting he brought the acting it was a cartoon and it was uh, but it was called the animated series for a reason he was there and he brought it each and every time you can see the emotions as batman and as bruce wayne he didn't, flint, he didn't uh, drop the ball on either one. A lot of times when you have a, a Batman, they can either do one or the other really well. And he did them both. Uh, what always got me is that uh, sometimes um, during the animated versions when they had other movies and stuff, they got a different uh, voice to be him. But for most of us, he was the voice of batman and it always bothered me that sometimes they just stunt casting and and recasted him for one role or another but i felt that anytime there's a batman he would be it now back then i was a voice actor fan so i used to do my due diligence to trying to find out what voice actors look like this is the 90s this isn't you know big internet as it is today you can easily look up stuff sometimes you had to do some homework and find it and there was a i believe it was upn which was channel 9 in, a, in New York, and it was a movie called Island City, and Kevin Connery was the lead. I was like, oh my God, that's what he looks like, and when you see a voice of a, of a character you're, you're a fan of, you're like, wow, it's it's so weird that that voice comes out of that person. And it was always cool watching that movie knowing that he was the voice. The movie wasn't that great, I gotta tell you, but he brought it <laughs> whenever he was acting. he never He never phoned it in. I can say Um, I actually uh, I know uh, based on interviews that uh, I've seen panels I've been on um, that he loved his fans once again um, they realize that the fans are what makes the role uh, worth it because a lot of times you do something you don't know what's gonna happen you know years down the line but he, he came up through the ranks and you can tell he had true love for his fans and I actually got to see him a couple of times in person. I never had the opportunity to interact with him or interview him. Uh, I remember one year, I don't remember what year it was, but I was just walking by and he was, uh, he was like right there. And as I always say, he's a tall man. So me being tall myself, I'm six one it's always rare whenever I see someone taller than me. So it's always, it always sticks out in my mind, like, wow, this guy's taller than me. Or, or he's as tall as me. So it's always kind of cool, like, that's Batman. And... I I whizzed by him as I was doing something, I was going to come back, and then he was gone, was the the first time. And then, as he got more popular, his lines got bigger and bigger, and and I sometimes I could not afford to just go up there and and get an autograph or or have a signature. And then the opportunities never came to do an interview with him. But he really made people's childhoods of being Batman over the years, I remember I used to watch the show um, when it became on primetime. And I was watching it with my mom. And she was like, wow, this is really good. (laughs) She was surprised at how good the show was, and we watched it together. And for him to be able to convey that, so not just his voice acting, but the writing of the series was so good that it was multi-generational. And I believe a lot of it was his reading of those lines. Sometimes uh, a good cast can save... A crappy show, but if you have a good show and you have a good cast, it elevates it to the next level. Um, he died, uh, sadly, of cancer. Uh, he was just 66, if I'm not mistaken. And cancer is always the the, the big one. Um, it was really cool seeing him reprise his voice uh, for Batman Beyond, being you know Bruce Wayne. And then, um, despite the fact that the this crossover itself wasn't the greatest. He played an older Bruce Wayne on the CW uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths crossover, which was just cool to see him, you know, getting getting work doing what he does, and it just it's really good that he got the working recognition for being the voice of Batman. You know, there were others before him there's going to be others after him but for him being the voice video game, movies animated series, uh, TV shows you, you can hear that voice and it's always really cool to see that he was still doing it and that he loved doing it and for a generation uh, he, was, he was the Batman he was the Batman and, I, as I mentioned before, the fact that he had the range as Batman and as Bruce Wayne, I think that's what cemented him as being the go-to actor, the person to be in that role. And I don't care who else is going to be after him. There will be no one who can match what he did. And, of course, I would be a miss, a remiss. I don't know what the term is, uh, to mention that as a huge Adam West fan, when they had the episode with the gray ghosts and they brought Adam West back to the series to have the two of them acting together, was, you know, that was a highlight of my childhood right there. I was like, oh my crap, this is, this, is the best, this is the best thing since the, the best thing until the next best thing. But it, it really made a significance to me having the two of them together working together and then as, as as you may well aware, Adam West passed away a couple of years back, pre pandemic. Uh, I believe it's pre pandemic. Assume it was recent. And then uh, now Kevin Conroy has died as well. So rest in peace and um, I guess that is it. So with that we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with
6: came from the radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not true believers, we at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards.
3: Now, back to our show. You know this is Man you're listening to Came From The Radio. We're here with writer, editor, publisher, Mark Maz. Now, I walked past the booth and I was like, okay, this is scary. And it caught my eye because this is kind of how I felt since June. I felt really kind of nuts, like I'm going crazy. Like well, it's committed. And uh, well, anyway, hi, welcome, and welcome to the show. And before I ask you crazy questions about this book specifically, um, yeah, who are you? Like, wh- wh- who are we with right now?
6: Uh, who are I'm we Mark listening Mazza. To? I'm the. I'm a writer. I'm also an artist, mm-hmm. but I'm the editor on a lot of titles now, um, and a publisher. Okay. And what I've been doing is, I've worked for all the major publishers. I worked for the two yeah. largest publishers. In the world, Marvel Comics and DC Comics. You work for both of them. Both of them. How was it, director? How was that? Um, You miss it? I I, Marvel was very competitive. Okay. DC was more of a family kind of thing, more of a community thing. I I thought, Um, and I I finally wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to um, not work for someone else, work for myself, and work with people that I thought were really cool. Um, So, like me? Yeah, yeah. And what I wanted to do is. join people with a lot of experience with newcomers Mm -hmm. who all had the energy and it creates some synergy between the two of them so we can create new cool Uh, stories
3: very cool, very cool so you're taking what you learn, you're creating your own thing and here this is what has my attention so I saw this it's pretty scary. You know, most comic books I see, they're kind of fun or fluffy or just superhero. You don't see too much horror. And I'm in a, I'm in a bunch of horror movies. Now, this book, what is this about? This woman looks crazy.
6: Psychosis Today is um, it's the story of 21st century fears. It's the story of modern day horror very similar to what you would read in a Stephen King book it's yeah. themes that are common and are that is that we encounter okay but it's also um, interlaced with traditional horror elements so what it does is because it's psychological horror it comes in under the radar you don't quite expect it and then I get you at the end. Now, you said
3: off-camera that basically this, well, one of the themes of this book is that you have that crazy person in the neighborhood, and maybe that crazy person in that neighborhood doesn't know they're crazy? Let's let's
6: grab the the camera again for a second. This specific story, it's told by uh, Gabriel uh, Topes. He's actually out in L.A. He uh, approached me about the story, and the story is that it's told from the point of view of someone who actually is unhinged, okay. someone whose who's reality has been broken, mm. okay? but they don't know it yet. So you're seeing the world the way they see it, which is really a, it's an interesting perspective. The moment you told me, I said, wow, we've got to do that. Right. Okay? Um, we all have neighbors that are just kind of on the edge and you wonder you know, what's going on there. Yeah. This is that story.
3: I think, uh, you know, my dad and his girlfriend and all that, they're on the edge. Then I'm, I'm going through the neighborhood right now. The house next door, well, we'll just say we don't have the names listed, but that woman won her house in a lottery. She was living out of a tent. She That's was homeless. Cool. I mean, but, That's but pretty cool, but she's terrorized but it, the neighborhood. Yes. Terrorized. It's, it's very And she's, weird. I think, the crazy one in the neighborhood. And so she would probably be this woman. She's sued multiple people, she's accused people of sexual harassment, and um, nobody wants to harass her. No, Nobody wants what to I'll harass this is,
6: woman. It, but you know what? themselves the
3: way I'm telling it, maybe I'm the crazy one in the neighborhood, it's not her. And then we got the person next to me who's an alcoholic uh, yeah. who's fled his house That's uh, and happening. is not here, and his car has broken tires. And then we have the house across from me, which I heard at one point was infested with rats and snakes. So, who's the crazy person in the neighborhood? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it, it, it does, do we all think each guess, other crazy?
6: I guess it all depends Who's who's reading. Who actually is the audience? Because anybody could be just on the edge, and you just don't know it.
3: Now, did you do you have anyone crazy in your neighborhood that you think of when you think of this? Well,
6: we did have... Uh, I went to school with someone, and her her son um, grew up without without his father, which is a terrible thing. Yeah. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have an issue. Right. But this guy did. Okay. And uh, I remember looking out my... Uh, my door one time and seeing this guy he had two of his buddies holding the arms of this individual down on his knees i'm like what the hell is going on right and as i'm watching walking up to go into my house they slam the glass door and slam the guy's head through the glass door oh my gosh so there's crazy stuff out there
3: wow yes there is you know and
6: all you gotta do is be aware and you'll see it
3: and if you're not aware, you could read this book. Now, I want to go into one more book. I know we're at the five-minute mark, which means the end of the interview, but I don't care, because I want to hear a little more from you. Are you down for another minute of speaking with Oh, May? yeah. We, yes. we could
6: uh, We could talk about...
3: Yeah, let's hear it. Let's I'd hear it. I'd have to talk
6: about The Adversary.
3: The okay? Adversary. Okay, so he's holding up a book. And what's this about?
6: Yeah. The Adversary is um, the story of a female demon from the horde of hell. Okay. Who decides that she doesn't want to be part of that anymore. She, it's, it's not who she is.
3: Is she better than that?
6: She's better than that. So she leaves the Horde. She comes to Earth. And she, she wants to do better.
3: How so, is she trying to do better? How can well, it... She's, yeah. she's
6: combating these other... These evils. Because that's not who she is anymore. Right, okay. And it's told from perspective. It has very high moments of high drama... Right? And then the the writer artist interjects moments of humor. Okay. Right at the highest moments of the drama. So you get this like roller coaster effect going through it. It's really a so, great read.
3: For the listeners at home, maybe we can learn from this character. What are two ways that someone right now who maybe feels like they're a little bit of a demon, a lot of times the villain knows they're a villain, sometimes the villains don't know they're villains. Well, how can we be less demons? The best part
6: about this is leave hell. Number one. one. And number two, move to the only place that will accept anybody Brooklyn.
3: You know what? And I will say on a a more philosophical uh, health, I wrote a health guidebook. You know, a lot of times they say, "Are you depressed? Or are you surrounded by?" We'll just say the word "schmucks." You know, sometimes the depression is because of your environment. So if you're oh, yeah. in hell yeah. and you're causing, you know, hurt people, hurt people. If you're in hell and you're terrorizing you other get people, out. get out of hell, get out. and then maybe you'll stop making other people's lives hell, right? Yep. Oh yeah, I agree change with your that. situation. Yeah. yeah. Today I'm in a very good mood because I got here, and right away these girls were dancing, and <laughs> I felt like I've been in hell. A whole since place June. like that. It's is very, very positive vibes. So I got to say, I felt like I was in hell and that I was transported here and I feel a little bit less hellish. So thank you for being part of this shift in my life. And now where can readers and where can listeners to the show find it's, you? It's
6: really easy. You should go to my website. It's atlasunleash.com or you can go to CCN, which is the Comics Creator News website. I interview <laughs> comics creators all the time. It's all, you know, a print interview. There's got to be like 50 interviews up there right now. Have a great time with that. And
3: CCN, not to be confused with CNN, which right. is Chicken Noodle Comics, Noodle for news.
6: Comics Creator News. <laughs>
3: Comics Creator News. Thank you so much for eight minutes of your time. And now back to more I came from the radio. See you later, Mark.
4: Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy K R I S T Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show.
0: And welcome back to a Came From the Radio. The official Zee Backup Wakon. This is your host Mark Torres speaking. Um, I'm going to be uh, talking about the passing of uh, Jason Day Frank, the uh, original Green Power Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series. Um, I am a huge Power Ranger fan. As anyone who knows me or have been listening to the show for quite some time, and I can remember the first time I actually saw Power Rangers. It was in the '90s. I saw it. I saw a commercial for it. And then um, I was uh, in a college dorm, as a matter of fact, and I saw the commercial for it, and I was like, this seems to be very interesting to, to watch. And then I saw it live when it first aired, and I was instantly hooked. It was, it was goofy, it was corny, it was silly. It was right up my alley, had some great action, and the, the, the characters were likable. Um, and then uh, Tommy shows up. Tommy was the original bad guy, for those of you who do not know. And um, he became a big deal. <laughs> um, people always remember the show as him doing the, the the Tommy Kick, as it's called. It's a roundhouse spin kick that he does. It's when he was introduced. That was the first uh, sight you saw them doing that, doing that kick when he was in the in the credits of the show. Um, it's it's funny because the franchise was we're we're now heading on to the 30 year anniversary of Power Rangers. And um, he, was, he was a big part of it. So at the time, uh, Power Rangers, as I was watching, it was a, you know it's a, it was a joke, but to me it was, uh, and apparently to many fans out there, it was a huge, uh, significant uh, part of people's uh, childhood. And I enjoyed it for what it was. I really was invested in it and as the show went on, you know I watched every season as, as time goes on, the cast change and what have you. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to become a, a radio show host. And I got to interview and talk to people. And I remember um, for the show when um, I had heard that Jason David Frank was going to be at New York Comic Con. And I was excited because this was going to be one of the first times I ever had an interaction with, uh, with a Power Ranger. And I wasn't sure what to expect. So I got on the line. I went down there. At New York Comic Con was in the basement. No, uh, the, the, the bottom floor. And there was a giant line to see him. And I think this was around 2010, maybe? And all the other celebrities had lines, but nothing was as big as Jason's line. And we're all just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I remember this like it was yesterday. He comes down the same escalator I came down, so he was behind us. And all the fans, we were all talking amongst ourselves... And this was the very first time I actually felt that camaraderie of all the other Power Ranger fans. Because up until then, as I mentioned earlier, it was considered as, as a joke. But now, being with my people, as, as they say, it was a great feeling of, of, um, of teamwork and, and camaraderie that we were all there together. And what what made it extra special is that everybody there obviously was to see Tommy, uh, Jason, the first time. Jason and ring. And so he comes down the escalator, and we all turn, and we see him coming down. And he walks right by us, and everybody's yelling out, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. We're all yelling out, and he works the line. He says hi to people as he's walking down the line. He gets uh, to his, uh, his uh, desk, and he gets to his table, and he stands up. He, you know, he's tell everybody to do the wave. He's running up and down the aisles. Instead of signing autographs, he's running up and down the aisles with his uh, tablet, recording everybody, and we're all yelling and screaming. And everybody's like, well, who's this guy? all the other celebrities, because, you know, like I said, Power Rangers wasn't a big thing. Um, the show had already gone off the air. Well, it didn't go off the air, I should say. It, um, it, it, it morphed ha, uh, into something else. And the ratings went up and went down. Um, the finale was, uh, the first finale that they had was the, uh, the Power Rangers in Space. And then the show, um, the ratings were so good, they decided to keep it going for Lost Galaxy. And then, uh, the ratings were going down again, and as a favor, uh, Jason D.A. Frank came back to the franchise for Dino Thunder. And it was cool seeing him there again. And, um, and then after Dino Thunder happened, other, other, other stuff. Uh, he came back a couple more times. For the, uh, 25th anniversary, I believe. No, the 20th anniversary came back. He also came back for, uh... Forever Red. Actually, Forever Red was before Dino Thunder, if I'm not mistaken. Getting my get my time frame mixed up. It's been a long time, folks. It's been 30 years. Um, so, so, yeah, so I saw him, and the funny thing was his line was so long, he only had a limited amount of time to sign autographs, and he, because he was taking so long, because he was taking so much time, with each and every one of his fans, they decided to cut the line off. And it was about maybe eight or nine people ahead of me. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and... I decided after, I think it was like an hour, I was like, this line is not moving, there's no way he's going to get to the end of this line, so I left. And I was like, I'll come back tomorrow. I came back, and the line was like three times this long, and I had found out that he had stayed to sign autograph for each and every single person was on the line. So I would have gotten to meet him at that time, um, and I just didn't have time the next day. So... That, that told me a lot. Now, what's also interesting is that um, as, as time goes on he gets interviewed and you see the progression of his interviews and he was talking about this uh, recently, I think within the past year about how that was his very first time at New York Comic Con. He was saying how nervous he was because he didn't know what to expect. And he said how pleasantly surprised he was, that he was that he was there and what he saw and I was part of that. A small part, but I was still part of it. And that really turned things around, because, as I mentioned, his line was the longest. People were like, "What's going on? Who's this guy?" And then he started going to more and more conventions. Now I had spoken to him uh, afterwards, and he had told me that he was always doing social media. Now I'm not a big social media fan, as anyone knows. I'm not really big on social media, so I had no idea how popular he was, how big he was. And this just got bigger and bigger. And as as you're well aware, from 2010 to now, 2022 how all pop culture has, has grown and and flourished. And I can say this hands down, without him, without Jason David Frank pushing the franchise, being the face of the franchise, whether you like him, don't like him, whether you're you know, a hater, whether you have your own feelings about him, whether you believe certain things about him, he helped the franchise become where it's at now. And so the people who have B are like, all right, well, if, if he's the big deal, let's make him the big deal. So um, I actually got a chance to to meet him in uh, 2018 in person. I got a chance to interview him at the Big Apple Con because we are official radio show the Big Apple Con. I, I have uh, two interviews with him. I interviewed him in 2018, I believe it was the following year, 2019. At the time, uh, the Megaforce, Super Megaforce had came out, and I believe <clears throat> he was talking about. Um, having a charity match, an uh, MMA fight, because he was a MMA fighter. I think it was amateur. I think he had, like, one professional uh, fight, but he was MMA fighter, and he wanted to have that fight with uh, CM Punk. And he was like, I'll do it for charity, because one thing I've always noticed about him whenever he's talking, whenever I'm interacting with him, he's always talking about he wants to do things for charity, that he didn't need the money for Power Rangers, and that because he had his dojos, he was financially doing quite well. So he says, you know a lot of times you know come up to my table, he just talked to me, and he was really big on the fans. so I can say from my interactions, personal interactions, just talking to him, interviewing him the two times I got to it, and then I actually saw him the third time <clears throat> after that it was um at the at a big apple wedding uh, he was he had the Captain America shield, and he was standing right in front of me, two feet in running while the, the alien band was playing we have pictures of that on our Facebook page it was it was quite a, quite an event, and he loved his fans. He, he always said about how the fans were giving him the, the will to keep on going, about how he loves them and how they give him energy and positivity. And yes, there were, like I said, there were haters, there were people that did not like him for whatever reason. Um, I've, I've always said that if people around you keep on telling you how awesome you are, you might think that you're super awesome. So maybe things got got to him, if everybody keeps on telling you something you're going to start to believe it and maybe he did believe the hype a little too much but even still if you feel that way you can't deny what he did for the franchise and you cannot deny how much he loves his fans and um, he also went on to do the the Bat in the Sun which is what I was super excited about because I had seen him do the uh, Ryu or Ryu Versus the Green Ranger for Bat the Sun. You can check it out on YouTube. And it was like... That was like his elevation to the next level of Power Ranger dumb and fandom. And he even in that costume that they made for Bat the Sun. Became like the quote unquote official cosplay costume of the Green Ranger. You can see many versions of that out there. And then um, he did the, the Street Fighter video game. Uh, there was a... Uh, not Street Fighter video, the uh, Power Ranger video game where they had a Street Fighter crossover. He made a little video for that. Uh, he became Lord Dragon, which was the uh, uh, <clears throat> what if he stayed with Rita as opposed to going off. I on the comic series, and he did a little video vignette of that. And then he was making his own um, his own uh, movie. It was going to be Legend of the White Dragon. He tried it once for Kickstarter, and it didn't it didn't fund. But then he changed it enough to make it more of an adult thing and make it more of his own. And then he lost again, and they funded, and he was filming it. And I believe it's finished. It's finished filming. So he did. He did so much, and he was continuing on. And I can safely say that out of all the uh, actors of the Power Ranger franchise, and while Tommy um, Jason Irving, is not my personal favorite. I did appreciate what he did, I liked him as a person, I, I, I was, you know, just, he was always professional to me, he always treated me with respect, you know, I'm just a guy on a radio show, I'm not like, I'm not like 60 minutes or anything, I'm not entertainment tonight, and he treated me with the same respect that he treated everyone else, based on what I've seen, I can only say what I've seen, um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so then, um, he did the, the video game, he did the Hyperforce, the Power Rangers Hyperforce, was like an online role-playing type thing. He came back for that. And he always wants to come back. He's always, you know, doing more. But then, as I was saying, he's the only uh, Power Ranger that, uh, actually him and Amy Jo Johnson, who, who were friends of the show of, uh, they're the only ones that were in all three Power Ranger movies. So that's, you know, claim to fame right there. Good job. Um, but, like I said, it was really a really great thing. To, to, to meet him to see him and it's it's rough that I have to to talk about how he died because it wasn't like it was like <clears throat> it wasn't like it was a car crash it wasn't an airplane it wasn't a matter of fact there was somebody who was out trying to kill him at a convention it was on the news and um, he killed himself so some people might be like wow I can't believe he killed himself. I can't believe that out of all that all the fans and, and he knows that he, people look up to him and they idolize him and and he's always trying to promote um, a, a positivity that he would kill himself. And finding out more, doing my due diligence, looking at, talking to people, talking to people who know him, talking, uh, looking up uh, the information, verifying it, what happened, um, apparently he was going through a divorce which I knew about he, his stepdaughter had committed suicide I believe over a year ago, so about like two years and last time he had had a huge argument before he died before he killed himself with his wife his uh, current wife, soon to be ex-wife um, twice at a hotel and then um, they, they called the cops because he locked her out uh, apparently they were in two separate rooms, but apparently the fight got so intense that um, they they went to do a wellness check and they found him hanging in the in the bathroom. So it's it's difficult to to see how you can be in a situation where you may not be thinking, or you know you're not thinking about your family, You're thinking about all the stuff that's happening to you, all all the the pressures and. And everything, because one thing I, I've noticed many times—I've you know been part- participating in uh, in the live streams or watching his interviews—he's always like, you know, I'm I have bound days too. I have bad days too. You know, his uh, his mother had passed away from cancer, and so did mine. I regret um, not sharing that with him. But whatever happened that night, he decided to take his own life, and. It makes me think how bad must have things been with him internally. He's talked about you know the darkness. He's talked about he's done uh, poetry. He's done um, like many videos about about that and about the darkness and about depression and about a lot of things that a lot of people don't talk about. But despite everything, I still say his positivity was infectious. Just the fact that he had all that going on. And he can still, you know, turn on the smile and, and put on a good a good face. Now, I say this with the utmost uh, respect for the man. He was not the best actor. So, what you saw was kind of, you know, he, he couldn't act as well to let people believe that he didn't care about his fans. He didn't, he's not that good of an actor to be like, yeah, you know, that he hates his fans and that he's putting on a show. I truly believe in the bottom of my heart that he loved his fans. And I think despite him committing suicide, which it does, it, does, uh, it does tarnish, it does rub me a little wrong, it rubs me the wrong way, just a little bit, that he loves his fans. And I hope that people will take that away from everything. Um, he was only 49. Like, that's a young person to go through all that and for him to go through everything he's been through and, like I said, you can see how he was, the progression of how he was. If you look at old interviews, if you look at new interviews about himself and how the franchise uh, progressed, the transition, uh, you can see when he started out he was a little more uh, green, <laughs> a little pun there, about his answers. And as time went on, you can see him refining the answers, and being more realizing his place in the franchise. The franchise would not have survived without him. I was having a conversation um, with a friend of mine at a at a convention this past weekend. Um, we were talking about Stanley and Marvel, and how while whatever debate you have about how much Stan contributed to the creation of the characters and of, of Marvel there is no denying that without Stan Lee Marvel would not be the juggernaut that it is today he was a showman he was part of the franchise he was a huge part of the company and Watching other interviews of other cast members and talking, interviewing other cast members and seeing the behind the scenes, it's, it's sad that the powers that be never treated them with the respect that they deserve. And I believe now that the tide is turning that they're starting to. And I do my best to try to stay away from spoilers and stuff of things that are happening, especially things I plan on seeing, so that way I get to go in uh, with fresh eyes. As I've mentioned on the show many times, I don't really like to watch trailers. You know, If I'm going to see something, I'm going to see it, now. and then I get to be more surprised, uh, lower my expectation, not disappointed in what I see. So I had seen little uh, rumors of what they are going to do for the 30th anniversary, and I noticed that Jason wasn't there. So is it possible that that might have... You know, contributed to his, his situation, where if you believe that you are a huge part of the franchise and they don't invite you back, that's obviously speculation and rumor. But that's what people are going to do. They're going to think, why did he do this? How did this come to be? And it's rough. Right? You try not to do it, but it's part of human nature to try to find answers to what happened. How bad must have that argument been? How bad must have things been leading up to that argument or arguments that he felt that that was the only way out? So if anybody's out there and has, and it feels that they're in a situation that, wow, even he committed suicide, know that there is help out there. Make a friend. Talk to a friend. If you have no friends, make a friend. The world is huge. You know, you're a Power Ranger fan, you're a Jason David Frank fan, go out and talk to other Power Ranger fans, other Jason David Frank fans. Like I said, when I was in that line in twenty ten, it felt amazing to have that camaraderie of people loving Power Rangers. And that's all you need, you just talk to somebody. And if you're not feeling if you're not feeling the best, sometimes Reach out and say, Hey, you know, things aren't going well. People ask, How are you doing? And say, hey, things aren't going too well. But taking your life in my mind is never the answer. And it and it pains me that he did that, despite everything. But I do hope that he found the peace that he was looking for. Because He obviously was in such a situation, in so much pain, that that was the only way he found out. Um, It's really... I'm going to play the uh, two interviews we did of him uh, on the show after we take a break. And I want you to... uh, I want you to know that I... I'm of two minds of this whole thing, but I just want to celebrate what he did, who he was. And like I said, just based on my personal interactions with him, interviewing him twice, I met him uh, four times, actually. But he loved his fans. He was a really cool guy to me, to his fans, knowing that I was a fan. He treated me professionally. He didn't look down at me and he was always there to stay and sign anything that came across. He was loved the social media. He had his ups, he had his downs, but he loved his fans and that's what I'm going to take away from him. He loved his fans and I appreciated him for what he did. Not only to the entire fandom. Not just the franchise but the fandom of how this is how you treat fans. <laughs> you treat them and, and and thank them. And do your best to give back to them for them coming to see you. To go out of their way to see you. I know sometimes it's difficult to always be on. I know even when I have a bad day, everybody has bad days, as he's said many a times. But overall I say he was a good person, and he loved his fans so much. And I, I, I put out my sympathy to his daughter, Jenna, if I, hadn't, if I met briefly at one of the conventions that he was at. Um, it's, it's difficult to lose someone, and all his friends out there, and all his family that loved him, that cared for him, that had crazy stories with him. Uh, some of these stories are so hard to believe but they've been verified as this as crazy things that happen so that's it for Jason Day Frank Tommy Um, I like I said before I just hope he finds the peace that uh, he was looking for and if anybody's listening to this remember there is another way so with that we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with It Came From Radio.
2: This is Mark Torres with the Came From Radio, and I'm here with none other than Jason Day of Frank. I know you have pressed the time. I really appreciate you picking up quick questions. Got actually just three quick questions. Sure. Um, I'm going to be hard hitting. Back in the day, do you think that if you had stayed with Power Rangers, the show would be as it is with weekly casts every year?
1: Um, I think everything's for a reason, honestly. I think uh, the timing was perfect. I think uh, even, I, I personally feel leaving the show might have been a good thing for the brand because um, nothing can stay popular for so long, but we did and we came back to it, you know what I mean? So now the show is like extremely popular and uh, you know, it was at one point where the show wasn't all that popular um, and now is the time where we're shining again.
2: And you're more popular than ever. How does social
1: media play into it? Uh, social media plays in a lot, but I really think the relationship to the games playing more. Um, I'm really like acting with the fans, I remember everybody. I try to get each and every person an experience. Like today I've been here for a sign in about five and a half hours straight. But I want to make sure that last person doesn't feel like I'm being five and a half hours, you know what I mean? So I try to keep the, the energy going, I try to keep their experience going. Because they looked up to me as a kid. And um, the last thing you want to do is go to the table and see your superhero like, uh you know. All right,
2: so I got to ask the MMA what's going on between the CM Punk and you. Is yeah. it actually going to be a fight for charity? Is this going to
1: happen? Well, right now we're waiting on CM Punk, and uh, he hasn't really got back to me at all. I think I'm a perfect matchup. I think they want to give him like one fight before they put me in. But uh, it's really up to him. So, you know, like I say all the time, call me, but uh, you probably never will. All
2: right, so I got to ask one final question. This is the geek inside of me, Jason Dayer Frank. What time is it? Well, it is
1: Big Apple time
2: and it's waffle time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Mark Torres signing off. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Hi, this is Mark Torres, the official show of The Big Apple Time Came From the Radio and I'm here back again for the second in a row with Jason David Frank. How you doing? Doing great, man. Doing uh, wonderful. Now, last year you had a lot of stuff going on and this you had even more stuff. You have the Con TV, you have the Periscope, you have
1: the social media going all crazy. How do you manage to do all of it? Man, I balance around. You know, I got the Facebook Live, I got Periscope, I'm doing the reality show, we shot 33 episodes, I got we're doing another couple projects with Bat and the Sun, uh, I got three other projects going on this year. I'm trying to balance it a little bit, but uh, it's fun. I mean, honestly, like if you saw, I didn't even take a break all day today, and not even the restroom break, but um, you know, it, the fans keep me energized. Guys, they, you know, you guys keep me going, and the more the more I come to these shows, and the more lives I change, the more I want to just keep being out there and changing lives around the world. So, the Green Ranger is coming for you. Now, that is something. You are an international
2: star because you have done so much for inspiring so many people throughout the years.
1: Does that take a toll on you, being people loving you that much? Uh, you know, I don't think it takes a toll on me. Um, I do give, 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 but I also get back. You know what I mean? And I think that it's really important when you have fans is that you have to make a deposit in their emotional bank account because when you want favors done like my fans I'll do favors for fans they'll do favors for me but it's all about depositing your emotional bank account when you want to withdraw a favor and you're doing stuff for people they'll give you it but when you just take 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 it's like it's exhausting but for me I mean as you can see you know I signed for what's well, about six hours straight um, I just go with the flow man I see the kids I change their lives so I don't even really think about that you know I'm trying to reach everyone across the world I guess I'm trying to be like a cop in Gotham trying to trying to make a change like Commissioner Gordon (laughs) but uh anyway I'm on a mission you know so can I ask you a controversial question yeah the 20th
2: anniversary Power Rangers Super Mega War you were promoting the hell out of it everybody was so excited it wasn't as happy as everybody was yeah do you kind of
1: take a little bit of blame for it or do you like not at all not at all because the Green Ranger versus Ryu summed it up I was happy that it wasn't all that great because everyone wanted to see me say it's more of a time, everyone wanted to see me fight. So, right after that, we just dropped the Green Ranger versus Ryu. So, definitely made up for it. And you know what? I think my fans were happy I was just in it. I'm just happy I, I could fit in the spandex after so many years. So, that's all I care about. And as for spitting in the spandex, you do take
2: pictures in the spandex. Um, is that something that you thought up on your own? You're like, because I remember back in the old days, um, old stars like Adam West and something like I was unable to take a picture in yeah. the outfit. So, how does that come up with you?
1: Man, I think taking a picture in the outfit, as long as you're current. And I was on Bat in the Sun, and I did an episode of Mega Force. As long as I'm current, I could be in the suit. If I haven't been in the suit for 10 or 15 years, don't get in the suit. We don't want to see Adam West in a suit, all right? If it was back in the days, we want to see him in the suit. So as long as I'm working and I'm in a suit, maybe. But other than that, I wouldn't want to be the guy knowing, hey, look at my work 10 years ago. When I was in the suit, I was like, stay tuned for Bat in the Sun. Check out Super Force last year that's the reason why and last year we asked you about CM Punk nothing's happened yet do you have any update on that CM Punk is uh, bailed out for another surgery it's almost going to be two years by the time he's healed I think people are losing the hype to be honest you know what I mean and uh, I'm always here I've always, I've always res- the, you know trying to do what I can but he's never responded to me so it is what it is so we got like a minute left do you have any
2: inspirational words for your fans anything you want to say to
1: them man I just believe you just got to do what you believe in there's no there's not gonna Gonna be anyone to believe in yourself more than you. I was told time and time again that I wouldn't outstand these conventions five years ago. That there's too many big stars. And now, like you know, New York Comic Con, they called me King of the Con. You know, you gotta believe in yourself and work hard. But also remember to go after passion. Don't go after anything else. Cause this Comic Con, I gave out so much free stuff. It ain't about the money. It's about fulfilling my fans' dreams. And it's about them being there for me. Cause I got about three projects I'm working on. That's gonna be awesome. You guys are going to be, like, so stoked when you see these. So I'm excited. And uh, when that happens, you guys are there to watch me. So I hope I gave you guys a childhood uh, experience. And if you met me today, I'm honored to meet you. And I hope that uh, they had a good time at the Big Apple Con. All
2: right. So I have to ask Jason here, Frank, what time is it? It is
1: Morphin' Time.
2: Thanks a lot. Really appreciate
4: it. If
3: you had any honor you would listen to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla!
2: Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on The Came From Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show... Tough. Go to our newly revised website,
0: www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow
3: the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or
2: just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week.
1: You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management,
0: owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.